All right, I want to I want to come and say hello, everybody. Welcome. Good morning. Morena tato. Konnichiwa. Look, this is this is a special day. I want to bless your family, um, and I'll do that in about 35 minutes. But it's important you understand what's happening. And the blessing that I will be blessing the families with is an end time blessing. Because it's the blessing that now we're living in a dangerous world. You've got children, if you've got grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Or if you've got no children and you're a child, right up to your 18, you need, this, you need to hear what I'm going to say today. Because whether you survive or die depends on what you hear today. You live or die in what I say. If you have Christ, you will live. If you don't have Christ, you will die. And you'll die forever if you don't. So there's the warning. So give me your attention, just like if you're at the pictures at a rap concert or whatever else, or a rock concert, or going to a um, beach, you know, you've got 45 minutes, an hour, where you can sit still and you of something that you like. I want 35 minutes of your time to give you a message that's going to challenge every father, every man, every husband, every woman, every wife, every mother. This is important. And what you'll hear today, you won't hear anywhere else quite the same. So I'm going to machine gun it. I'm taking 10, 12 hours of what you would like to question, and I'm going to wrap it up in 35 minutes. Okay? If you don't understand it, um, then I'm going to pray for your mind and your heart to be unblocked. Because you should understand this, no problems. Even if you don't like, don't believe, you've been pushed here, or however you came, it doesn't matter. You're meant to be here and watching online. Welcome, everybody. Here I go. I'm going to give you a, a wrap-up of end times. The good, the bad, and the great. It can get ugly, but... Okay, have a seat. Tell your neighbor, leave me alone for 35 minutes. I want to listen. Okay, how to survive in end times and keep your family safe. Okay, I want number one, I want you to put up me a scripture here. You know that song you sang, the last one? Um, those out of my messages. All our songs come from the messages from here. That's talking about the life-giving spirit, the end times. What am I supposed to look like? Who are you supposed to be? Am I supposed to be um, what? A kind of a, a European, a Chinese, a Maori, a, a Japanese, a Pacific Island? All of those things you can be, but what does that mean when you face the afterlife? Life after death, and there is. That doesn't count. It doesn't mean much about what money you've got or you haven't got, what your status is, were you important or whatever you... You know, it doesn't matter what car or car you didn't have, your house, everything else like your bills, your drugs, your alcohol, your sex, don't count. What counts is if you've got Christ. If you haven't, you're going to burn forever. Welcome to Destiny Church Sunday morning. You can hate on me, lie on me, and throw dirt at me on social media. It makes no difference to me. I know who I am, and I know where I'm going. I want to tell you who you're supposed to be. Do you know that song you sung? It says the firstborn. Many won't have a clue because a whole lot of churches and Christians do not know what firstborns are. 
They only know what Christians are, and even that making a bad job of that, a lot of them. And it's right what Hannah said about that girl. Religion's done more damage than just about anything else. We're not here to damage you. We're here to deliver you into life, into a better future. Okay, so you get serious, going to focus up. I want to read you a scripture, first of all, from Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. I'll read that very quickly. It'll come up on the screen for you so you can see. So what am I supposed to be? Who am I? It's called the image. And immediately when I say image, you say, well, whatever you see or look at as an image. What is the image you see of you? Ultimately, the image is here. What it said is that one verse is pretty much sums it up. It's a, there's many verses, but this verse says, the image of the invisible God, so the God you can't see is now made visible through the firstborns. Now, the firstborn from the dead, in Romans 8, 29, put that one up, please, Saluti. So now you've got this, what are we talking about? Well, in this scripture, it'll talk about, in verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he's talking about you. He also did predestine, even if you didn't know that somebody else had a plan for your life. That's God. You probably don't know, you're making your plans. How's it going? How's it going? Are you afraid of death? Have you got a lot of bills? Um, you probably can worry about a whole lot of other things, I could say. What's the future going to hold? How are your children doing? Do your children like you, Dad? Do they like you, Mum? Do they visit you much? What about your grandchildren if you've got some? How are they faring? Do you see them a lot? Are you all doing well? Is the family happy? Are you happy? Is your marriage happy? Are your kids happy? Do you feel safe about the future? Oh, there's a lot of questions that probably I've left you well behind. But there would be a whole lot of people who would have to answer honestly and say, it ain't going too well. It's not to make you feel bad. I just want you to know it's going to end good if you listen to what I say today. So he says here, he's predestined. So God already had a plan for your life before you were born if you didn't know that, right? And he wanted to predest, and that means really I've given you the right image because I'll talk a little bit at the moment about image distortions. What, what are we supposed to look like? Who are we supposed to be, right? There's a lot of people trying to shape an image, trying to get you to look like this or to feel like this or to be that. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, Everybody wants to have control of tomorrow to tell you what to do in your tomorrow instead of you knowing that your tomorrow belongs to you. But that's only if you've got this. If you don't have this, a government will shape you, a boss will shape you, another person that doesn't have the best interests of your life will shape your tomorrow. Do not let anybody tell you what to live and how to be unless it comes from this book the word of God, right? So it says, I have got a plan for you to be conformed to the image of his son. His son is Jesus Christ. That he might be the firstborn. So it means you've got to understand what is he talking about? A guy that died who was a Jew a long time ago. Apparently he got raised again on the third day and he ascended and he's in heaven. That's all true. Now what people don't know 
is that he wanted many others to be exactly like that image. Which image? Not so much the one in the Gospels, because Romans chapter 6 tells us, you are not married to the Jesus of the Gospels, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but you're now married to the Jesus who rose again from the dead. He, that's a different prospect. For those who don't know, you might only know the Jesus that you see in photos with blonde hair and blue eyes. Now, a lot of people got black Jesus now, with black eyes and black hair, and every color in between. He's not a color Jesus. He's a Jesus with a spirit. Spirit doesn't have color. I'm not actually interested in what color you are, what culture you are, but the content of your character is the one. That's what makes it. I can love a black person, a brown person, or a red person, or a yellow person, or a white person that has great uh, character. Happy is not nasty, but is good, kind, loving. Then, you know, it doesn't worry about the color of the skin. Right? Isn't that right? So it's got nothing to do with race or your culture. That's irrelevant. What's relevant is, what's your character like? Are you a nice person? Or are you nasty? Or are you fearful, anxious, worried? You could be depressed. I don't feel like I have any friends, Brian. I don't even like you, Brian. That's fine. What you gotta do though, first of all, start liking you. Most people don't like others, don't like themselves. Did you know that when you start to like you, you start to like others? And after you love you, you love your enemies even. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? So, what is this all saying? It means that there is an image. The invisible God that you don't know is supposed to be made visible through humans. Jesus became a human. God, who was a spirit, became a human being, born in a virgin, because God wanted the flesh side of the human to come into the divine side of God. So you have this incredible new creature called Jesus of Nazareth, who was God and human together. Wow. So when we got born again, see, we're only human, struggling in a nature that can't get rid of the sin life. But the moment you ask Christ into your life, a dynamic change that you can't, no scientist, no doctor, no human can figure out. And it's a spiritual thing that happens deep inside you. And you say, I believe Jesus. The moment you do that, his spirit comes. It's like wind, a breath comes in and it touches your spirit, makes it come alive. And now you've got the divine nature of God in you. So you become a God human, human with God in and now God's developing that into a full expression called a firstborn after the image of the resurrected Christ that becomes a unique human creature walking on the earth today. Where is it? Well, you're looking at one right here. I've got a long way to go. I'm not too bad. I'll tell you what, I love life. I've got no fear of tomorrow. Death is my friend. <laughs> darkness loves me too because light in me expels darkness. I'm scared of no witch, no warlock, no devil, no demon, no Satan. Because what's in me is greater than all of that. So if you've got problems with any witchcraft or anything in there, give us a call. 
I'm a ghostbuster. I'll come and get it off your family, get it off you. In fact, listening right now is making some get. See, Jesus, I know these satanic spirits says. Paul, the apostle, I know. But who are you? See, the spiritual world knows who's who. It knows if you've got the spirit of Christ, then you can stand up to any evil that's trying to take your life or taking it or trying to get your kids into drugs, into addictions, into sexual perversions, into all sorts of confusions and rebellion. Well, that's how we clean up homes and houses and families. <sighs> that's the first part of the intro. You understand what I'm saying? Now, when I bless you, you need to have Christ. If you don't want that, you've chosen your path. I unfortunately, sadly, feel for your wife or your children if you're married, or your grandchildren if you are. doesn't matter, it's not too late. You can have grandchildren that are adults, not too late. There's no distance to the Spirit. We can haul it all in and get the blessing working for you in these extreme last dangerous days. Good? I, I like those scriptures. All right. Can I just read you another one about... Matthew 24, where it talks about 36 and 37. How do you know, Brian, that everything's going to get worse? It is. There's wars right now, you know that? There's wars. There's different wars. The United States of America and their armies at war. Russia is at war with the Ukraine. Israel is at war with Hamas or the Palestinians. Uh, the Iran, uh, Syria, and also Yemen, they're all Hezbollah are at war. Who isn't at war? Did you know every minute thousands of people are getting their limbs blown off, their head blown apart, getting shot, getting run over, getting violated, some of the women, getting raped? You sitting here comfortable in New Zealand and thinking now that everything's okay, so you just carry on, you're going to walk out of here and just carry on with your life? I'm warning you, it's not long before we'll be coaching on our shores. They'll take away our money. They're building a digital prison right now for all of us. They'll take away our cash. They'll take away your power to have your money, to have freedom. Digitize it. Totally digitize it. Put you in a digital prison. So everything of your currency, your money, and your identity, you hearing me, is going to be owned by some other global source through evil people who will be able to control you. Many of you will get sucked in. That's why I want to talk about two things. Very quickly, can I go for it? Okay. So the digital age is artificial intelligence. They're now using from the biology of human cells, are taking that and beginning to use technology to make artificial humans. In other words, to replace you. Did you know right now, I'll just throw it all at you while I'm at it, because that verse I got to up for Matthew 24, she's got it now? It's called, how do you know the end times? The disciples said to Jesus, when shall the end come? What does he do? He says, first thing he's going to say is about you getting sucked in. I'll talk about that in a moment. Second thing he says, as in the days of Noah. How many know that? He said, you can have the signs of the times right now if you look at the days of Noah and what happened way back then. And I've got it for you, shortened version, right? He said, then you'll know that the Son of Man is getting ready to wind this all up. He's coming back. And he says, I'm not going to come back and let you know about it 
ahead of time, I'll be like a thief in the night. I will catch many Christians out even. They won't be ready. They'll be left behind when I take those who love me and obey me and their children and their children away for a while to return back later to set up his earthly kingdom forever. If you don't, you're in for a hell of a time and you will be literally painfully tortured and killed. Not by him, but by the Antichrist. The one world government, one world economy, and one world religion that a man from the east called the beast in Thessalonians will rise up and bring a false peace to all the wars that are going on. You know when you hear that, you're going to say, uh-oh, that's it. Then the only thing that's keeping, restraining the force of Antichrist, literally possessing that Middle Eastern person who will bring false peace, false economy, false government, and all that sort of stuff, is the firstborns of the church of Jesus Christ who will be a part of the latter day, end time, firstborn army in Revelations 19, verse 11 to 14. You can read it yourself, okay? Because we're coming back with them. So you see why I'm pretty confident? Because I know where I'm going even after. I'm going to be a part of Jesus' great army where he will slice and dice with a sword out of his mouth. Man, talk about if I could take some selfies. Now, getting back to the reality, in case you ease off the button and start feeling, no, this is not true. It's true. If it wasn't happening right now, you wouldn't believe me. Now, when we're talking about this whole digital society, there's two things in Thessalonians I want to bring up. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, um, chapter 1, uh, Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, I want to talk about the unleashing of the great delusion and God will actually bring a spirit to the world uh, called the great falling away. All right. Can I? Yeah. This is what's going to happen. This is how you'll know that things are warming up and you need to get your life right. Get your kids and tell them, I think we need to get Christ and I'll get back to church. Right. Here's the first one. Jesus says, now, first of all, before the signs come, when wars, rumors of wars are happening, it'll get worse. The digital age, right, it's talking about artificial intelligence. That's happening. That's what I call the great distortion of the image. Remember the image I talked about in the beginning? What am I going to look like? Who am I supposed to be? How should I feel when I am what you say is the image? The image of the firstborns is those people who, okay, I'll take me for an example because I'm here living now. I'm an example of the type of Christian that God wants in his latter time army. So he knows me already. I'll be ready. Okay. I've got my children ready. All my children are in the house and they know Jesus. I've got my 10 grandchildren, Hannah showed you. They are all believers in Christ, so they're coming with me. I'm not worried about my family. I've got three great-grandchildren. They, all those little great-grandchildren will be with me going, because we're not appointed to the wrath of God. We're not appointed to die and be tormented. We're appointed to live and have life. Only those who don't believe are going to be tormented and sadly slaughtered in a most painful way. I'm not making you scared. I'm just, I'm getting the whole Bible for you, putting it quickly so you don't have to go through 50 odd years trying to work it out, right? 
I've worked it out for you. Say thank you, Brian. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have. I've lived it for 40 years. So these are all the kids. So I'm pretty happy right now. My sole thing is, is saving as many of you who are fighting me. Right, fighting this. Here's the first one. Jesus says, look out for this, the great delusion. That's the one in Thessalonians. He talks about the delusion in 2 Thessalonians 2.11. God's going to send an unleash. So he sends it. He, he, it's, it's an unleashing of a great delusion. He's, he's, this is one he sends. What is it for? It's all of those who will not listen to the truth, the revealed truth that his preachers are preaching. I'm going to be straight up the guts. What I preach every Sunday across the airwaves, I'm in the face of the public. Nobody in New Zealand probably does not know who I am. Why did I do that? Because I want to be somebody? No. I prefer to just get on and save my own family, three generations. My mum and dad are here. They're saved too. Yeah, come on, clap. Just. So it's not a windbag up here. It's an example. That's how it's supposed to be. That's family blessing. For me to bless you and you're in a mess and you go out there and say, I've got a blessing, let's go home and carry on with your life is not, I'm not into that. Right? You want the blessing. You care about your wife or your husband. You care about your kids. You care about your grandchildren. You need to listen to what I say. I've been in this a long time. Politicians have come and gone. I've told them, stop lying to the public. Stop telling untruths. They're still doing it. So in the days of Noah, there were two or three signs that I want to bring out to you today why God flooded the whole earth. He put a rainbow up just quickly, and the rainbow was his sign <clears throat> saying that this is my promise. I will never flood the earth again. But in the end, he's going to burn it. Okay? So you don't have to worry about the water. Worry about the fire. But don't worry. You don't have to worry about water or fire if you listen to what I'm saying. Right. Now, in the flood times, what happens is he sends a delusion. So he knows you're not going to believe. He wants to sort out quickly in these days who's for him and who's against him. Who's, who's stupid and who's kind of like really smart. You're stupid and a fool, the Bible says. Not me. It says only a fool in Psalms says in his heart or her heart, there's no God. There are a lot of fools out there leading our country. There's a lot of fools around you in your workplace. There's a lot of fools out there in the media. There are a lot of fools in your own home. You've got to watch out that you don't turn into a fool and be a tool for the devil. How strong are you? Do you, do you want your family first? Then you can't be a fool. You've got to be caring for your family so you care for the message. So this is what he's saying. A great delusion God will send so that you will, you will not buy into it. You're not supposed to buy into the delusion, right? You're supposed, this is for those who won't listen to the truth. Man, there's a lot of them, right? Now, he talks about the shocking falling away as well, the falling away. That's the other one in 2 Thessalonians. These two will happen first. So you're going to see a whole lot of people leave God. I can't understand this. But he's sending this. None of these two things are supposed to be for you. They're for you, somebody else, okay? Say it's not for me. Okay, one, don't believe the lie that will pull you away from Jesus Christ and his church. 
You hear me? Who, who do I believe? Believe the word of God. Believe those who are preaching the word, but don't believe any preacher or any church because some of these churches are a part of this falling away. In 2 Thessalonians 2.3, he says, the shocking fall away. Jesus says, many Christians' love for me will grow cold and they will leave the church. I was like, wow. But it's, apparently there must be a lot of people sitting in the church today who are fakes. It's not my, I didn't write this. I'm just the messenger boy. But apparently churches are full of me. Now you all know these hypocrites. Where, where's been the church in New Zealand when we were getting controlled, when we were told that we were forced to take a vaccine against our will and we lose our jobs? Why would you take our, my livelihood away because I wouldn't take a jab or injection? Just let me have a choice. So the power of that choice is taken away by a dictatorial politician and its thing. Some people think, no, they're looking after us. Well, I don't want to trust them. It's clear to me in the Bible that politicians should never be trusted. You should never trust your life to a politician or to a political party. Never. Do not trust your kids to them. You trust Jesus Christ. Then you trust those who are preaching that word accurately. And you can tell by the fruit of their works. What's the family like? What's his life like? What's his children like? What's he done with people's lives? If he's a lone voice on the street and he's preaching the gospel, or she is, but runs down somebody else that's got more than him, that's a fake. You know how I tell how good you are, what your life is like, what sort of person? I listen to your words, but I'd rather look at your life. <laughs> how you live is more important than what you say. Because what you do and what you say can be as far as the North Pole is from the South Pole. You can tell me afterwards, hey, I love that message, Brian. You hop in the car and said, that's a lot of S-H-I-T, honey. Yeah. If I was the wife, I'd look at you and jump out and say, you're a wicked man. You were in there telling them you liked it, and now you said it was all S-H-I-T. Why couldn't you tell him in front of his face? You're a coward. I married a coward, and I must get out of this car because you're going to ruin my life and my children until you repent and change. Now, put your hands together. That's what you've got to do. Unless the wife is sucked into the delusion and goes along with it. Then I'm going to say to the kids, kids, get out of the car. You've got bad parents. They're going to take you straight to hell quicker than Jesus is going to take them. Mm. Your life speaks louder than your words. You, your life speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. Yeah, so you want a shot at me. That's what I'm telling this because the credibility of my preaching is my life. It's almost irrefutable. I've got a lot of fruit. Done a lot of good works in 40 years, turning many lives around. And I got some pimp on social media criticizing me and you believe them and their life's a mess. But then you will still believe a person whose life's all messed up talking rubbish about me, and you'll continue to believe them. That's called delusion. And this is what this is about. Because you really don't want to hear the truth. And I'm saying this loud and clear. Anybody related to that person, get away from him or her for a season until they get right, because they will take you straight down the tube with them. We don't want, there's no more room for nasty people. The Facebook and social media, Telegram, TikTok, is all nasty, toxic platforms that you get onto 
And if it starts to seep into your soul, then you need to have time out fasting from Facebook and get some FaceTime with God. Right? It's good. So what's this falling away? Well, that's not, it's a falling away spirit is actually sent to churches. So it's in here. That spirit of, I'm going to backslide for a season. I got a message to all those who have once been with God and in a church, right, a good church, bad church, you can even have an excuse for falling away, but now you have none. I'm sending a message out to all of those who once were or was a Christian. Once you loved God, once you went to the house of God, I'm saying to you, for whatever the offense was, it is not big enough to stop you from receiving what I've talked about in this room. You need to come back right now quickly. Because Jesus says this big falling away is actually taking you out. It is satanically inspired. So if you've backslidden, those people have been allowing the devil to talk into their ear. I'm talking in your right ear saying, come back. Come back. Okay, if you know somebody's backslidden, just say, go and text them right now. That's the only time you can touch your phone and say, you need to come back now. These are dangerous days and you need to get your act together for the sake of your life and your family. Come back. Go on. Come back. That's the message. Come back. Stay strong. If you're not in the house now or with Christ, get to a good church. Destiny Church is only one of a few good churches in this country. Some churches you don't want to go into, they'll make you worse. <laughs> yeah, they do. If they're not standing up for you, if they're not teaching you good biblical truths, if you're not feeling like you've got to change something in your life, why would you go to something that's dead? Something that's opposed to what's in here? I, I actually am saying that probably you, if you have backs in from a church, that church hasn't been good for you, then you've got no excuse now because Destiny Church is on because I'm in charge of it because I know. So you're coming to a good church. All right? Good stuff? How much time I got? Ten minutes? Let's get into some stuff here, shall we? The image. This is the image. The image distortion that's happening today is absolutely believable, but it's, unbelie- it's unimaginable. Image distortion. Remember I said, what's the image? What it should look like? You should be raising your kids to be like Jesus Christ. And that has examples today in the church. There are people sitting in here all over this country, Destiny Churches, who are modeling now Christ-likeness. They're walking as best as they can to represent Jesus in his raised life. You know, that means victory over everyday problems. Walking that knowing that you trust God will get you through any circumstance. It's called the resurrection spirit, which is the Greek word anastasis, to stand again, to rise again, to continue to rise to the top, continue to win in life, knowing that God has put that in you in spite of the opposition, in spite of what people say about you you will continue to walk on and endure to such time as you have the confidence to be able to lift other people up sinking in the water. It's a great life. I, I, for me to live as Christ, to die is gain really, 
because I know I'm going to win there, but I'm winning here. Some people wait for there, and they're not winning now. So they're living in the expectation of tomorrow, right, instead of having everything now today. There are a lot of people who need to come out of their history so they can begin to start their destiny. People are stuck in their history, carrying the grievances and the hurts of your parents or what that person did to you. You don't understand, Brian. They sexually abused me. They put me down. They abandoned me. They hurt me physically, emotionally, and mentally. I understand that stuff happens. But do you want to live stuck and imprisoned in those memories that keep reminding you of something that does not allow you to live today? That yesterday is trying to steal your tomorrow? You've got to stand up inside. That's what I'm talking about, the resurrection spirit. It, it gives you confidence. You don't need a counsellor. Look, I don't need Facebook. I don't need anybody else's opinion. I'm hearing something today that Jesus said, the Holy Ghost tells you, stand up for your rights. And that right is that nothing should keep you imprisoned inside your mind mentally to some abuse, to some destruction, to some hurt in your past. Forget it. Well, I'm saying forgive it. Yes, I'm saying forgive it, forget it, leave it, and move on to your best life. I didn't have my, I couldn't find my dad or my mum. I couldn't find anybody that cared for me. This happened, this happened. You know, the only thing I can really tell you, it's gone. I mean, it might have been over a period of time, but right now it's not physically happening to you. So it lives in your mind. It's a mental monster. And I understand that mental health is a big problem today. I don't think it's a big problem. I believe that people are using it to control others and get them dependent on some type of therapy that makes you pay money to them. Well, this is free, kind of, right? Meaning that you don't need to be controlled in your mind but by what Christ says. Christ says, I have set you free. I have forgiven you from all the ugly sin that I did. What you did is forgiven by the blood of Jesus. So now that's like a resurrection inside of me. I'm a new man, a new creature, a new way of living. That's my life. The old Brian, sometimes he wants to come back. That's okay, as long as I put a harness on him, put a bit in his mouth, and try and control him as much as possible. But I've got to live with him because he's still a reality. But over here, i got this other one. It's a good one. He loves people. He does a lot for people. He speaks truth. He's courageous. He's bold. He loves. He gives. That's the one I like, so I feed that one more than that one. But that one will pop up. You've got to know how to deal with old Anne, old Billy, old Jilly and Silly. You've just got to say no inside you and say, I'm living my best life. I've got a new family now called the family of destiny. Nothing's going to stop me from going on Sunday. That's what I used to say way back in the 70s when my mates were drinking still, fighting, and sexually perverted. I decided to go against the grain after my 21st. I had no kids then, and Hannah and I weren't married. We were in a mess as well, really. But it was Christ coming into our lives that saved us. And guess what got me to hear a message? I went to a full building like this. It was darn hot. Guy was preaching. 
And I came only because my parents said, come, Brian, for a free hangi. Apparently, you've got a hangi for our new ones today. So I know if you've just come for a hangi, I was like that too. But I didn't get away with it. I, I, I got hooked. I heard the message. But I had a career with the league. I was doing well. I played for the junior Kiwis. I was chosen for the trials for the Kiwis and in rugby for junior Waikato. So I was a sporting star. Well, in my eyes I was, and I was going the right way to be in an all black as a musician. So I was playing in places. Life was the oyster. It was a good time for a young man to not be caught up in religion, so-called. But that's the greatest thing that ever happened to my life, sitting in the back of that seat. I had my Mark II Zephyr. I had Waikato beer in the crates in the back. I had my cigarettes even in the meeting. Because I had no intention of going any further with this religious stuff. But God had different plans for my life. I got out there and I realized that I had to go up front. And whatever that preacher said, I was burning inside for this new life. I was ill-treating Hannah. I wasn't, I wasn't caring about anybody. I wasn't a nice person. Basically, I was your average Kiwi. They all love sports. They love a few beers. They, they don't give a hoot. They swear, cuss, and don't care. But that's what was killing me. That's what's killing them. It takes guts to stand up and leave the ruts of the old life. Sure, I know what it's like. You want this to finish when I started. But it takes a real man or woman to stand up and say, well, when the building gets less, I'm coming up. I'm going to say, hey, I want that Jesus because what you're doing there, you're saving your children, you're saving your family, you're saving your kids' kids, you're saving your future, you're saving a whole lot of other people that are in your life that you will touch. And here's how I want to tell you right now, the distortion of this thing. I think it's Pride Month in New Zealand, is it Pride Month? Yeah, I'm sure it is. What do they call it? Rainbow? See how they've flogged, flogged the rainbow of God that is supposed to mean to us the promise? But these turkeys have flogged it and made it depict sexual perversion. Now, before you start saying you shouldn't be criticizing Brian, I just want to give you something to think about. I'm not criticizing them. I love them all, actually. I don't hate any of them. I do hate what they're doing, though. I could go down there. This is a big gay out today. I could go down there, but they'll all run so far. <laughs> or they'll probably come around and I can have a chance to preach to them. I could do that too, but that would be pretty much um, not the place. There's a time for that. Maybe some of you got family. I got family that are gay. I got cousins, and we treat them like we treat everybody else. But they know we don't like what they're doing. I don't like the fact that you would distort the image that Christ made to be in the likeness of Him and make it something else that isn't. That's satanic counterfeiting. This image distortion. You've got a month. I say what? A month? A month of what? Celebrating gay pride. So for a whole month, what are we celebrating? We're celebrating men who want to be women. We're celebrating women who want to be with the woman. <laughs> We're celebrating kids that don't want to be a, a, a male. We're celebrating girls that don't want to be a female. 
We are celebrating gender neutrality or fluidity, meaning that now they've even got it on the licenses where when your kid's born, mum and dad, you cannot affirm them that they're a he or a she. They are a they or a us. Pronouns. Come on. So then you're also talking about the transgender movement now weaponizing the gay movement and the gay pride movement. So they want this to be education as like maths and English and whatever else in the schools. So you teach your kids to be like that. That's the image they are holding up. The image is what? A man dressed as a woman or a woman with another woman or a man with a man. I can't believe you have to explain this because like what you're sitting there out there in the world, a lot of people say, oh, don't worry about it, Brian, long as they don't hurt us. They're already hurting us because of your attitude of sitting there saying nothing about your kids going to schools. It's already in the curriculum. But no, don't worry, Brian, we got rid of Labour and the Greens too because now we've got Chris Luxon and National and Winston and Seymour. And the problem with that is that the biggest organisation running the big month, Pride Month, and today I understand exactly today, if you want to go to the big gay out, it is today in my country, New Zealand. Well, what a coincidence that I'm talking about the distortion of the image, distortion of what you're supposed to be, and up out, out the West, they've got a fest going of distorting the image to tens and hundreds of thousands of Kiwis and their kids who believe that that's funny, it's life, it's luck, it's great, not for me. That's what the parents say, not for me, but your kids are already halfway there, you fool. And so you've got the trans, see, it's trans, transgender. Trans means making this image to the one that you're to follow, not the one that God made you to be. That's what it is. It's satanically inspired that they're using this to distort the image of what you're supposed to be, what I'm talking about today. Did you know in the days of Noah, one of the biggest problems in the days of Noah was sexual perversion? Have you heard of Sodom and Gomorrah? I'm surprised I was on an interview one day, one night with, on TV back there a bit, and there's this reverend opposing me about you know, saying that there was homosexuality in the gay life. He said, it's not mentioned in the Bible. And I said, shucks, what, where did you go get your learning? <laughs> what Bible did you read? And I said, have you heard of Sodom? Even the interviewer who wasn't a Christian said, yes, he heard of Sodom and Gomorrah. But he went, he went and manifested on TV. I should have cast the devil out on mainstream TV. It would have been a great. Out of a reverend comes a big devil. Okay, getting back to the story, Sodom. Did you know that Abraham had trouble with Sodom? That was, during the Noah's time, Sodom and Gomorrah was a big feature. So in Genesis 14, God inspired Noah, um, Abraham, Abraham to actually put his family together, hold together tight. He had generations saved, believing Yahweh, right? Not Allah but Yahweh, and he got his kids in that, and his children's children, because God says, the reason why I got Abraham to be the progenitor of a whole new race of faith, faith's race of people, 
was that I know he would command his children, not drag up his children, not negotiate with the teenagers, not just let the kids run loose. He would command. Command means there's no negotiation. <laughs> you like this, don't you? Not. Parents that are in a mess don't like this word. You're supposed to tell your kids how to live. Command. He said, I chose Abraham because he's not a bad dad. He's got some other, you know, deficiencies, but this guy will raise his kids on God, keep them strong in God. His next one was who? Isaac. Isaac and Ishmael, where you get the Arab race, and Isaac was from the Jewish Hebrew. So Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob was the one who had the 12 princes of Israel. And that's where you get the whole flow of where Christ came through on his fleshly whakapapa. But his spiritual whakapapa was from Christ, or God, right? Do you understand this? So, the first thing Abraham does in Genesis 14, he hears about his nephew Lot being taken away to a city called Sodom, or the area of Gomorrah. Sodom is where you get the word sodomy. Do you know what that means? To the young people, sodomy in the dictionary means sodomites, they're called, were homosexuals. Homosexuality comes from scientists that want to lessen the blow of the degradation of the sexual behavior. When a man wants to have sex with another man, Miles will do it here. It's called sodomy. Because every person in the city of Sodom was totally perverted. Remember when Abraham got his family army and God said, go and rescue your family. And when you do rescue them, I will give you victory because your army, this army of your family, I will give supernatural assistance to you. That's what I'm saying. And you will rescue him and then you will get all the wealth that they've stolen off you. You can have it. Now, in this passage of scripture, he goes to Sodom and it's downright really bad. All of the men of the city are homosexuals. All of the women have been left to get into lesbianism. This is true. You've got to read it to believe it. But it happened. This is in the days of Noah. Jesus says, you'll know when you need to get right with Christ, with me, is when you see that behavior now repeated today. I'm telling you about a whole month to celebrate Sodom. I think people who lived in Sodom and Gomorrah, they got burnt in the end because God called fire out of heaven. It was so bad. I think they'll be blushing today at what you fellas let happen in this country. You what? You got a month of celebrating it? Celebrating that filthiness? So they came to the door. Two angels from heaven were sent to Sodom to help with Abraham and his nephew Lot. They were at that time around the house banging on the door because they saw these two angels go into his house and all of the men wanted to do something to them. You thought they, he had two virgin daughters. This father called Lot had two virgin daughters. He said, please take my daughters and do what you want with them. In other words, rape them till you kill them. All of these men, these were thousands, a whole city was at his door because they saw, did you know what they said? It's here in the Bible. They said, we don't want to rape your virgin daughters. 
We want to rape what God has sent, those angels. You okay out there? You haven't been taught this, have you? When you think about that spirit wanting to rape what's divine, I'm telling you that Satan has so distorted the image that you thought looking in the mirror was to be like Britney Spears or Taylor Swift or what's his name, Diddy and all your other rap artists and the so-called musicians or singers, rock stars, all these monsters your kids have on the wall, the music we're listening to. I just got to give it to you, you see, because even as a Christian parent that I'm a 150%er, I've had to fight a lot of stuff coming in through the, with the kids into my house from out there in the world, not just from school, from workplaces. Nobody wants to stand up and have all their workmates dislike them because you're saying, I don't want to be running to the same evil that you are. I stand here as a girl who wants to keep her virginity for my husband of my life because I want my kids right. I'm a man now It's going to stop my ways ogling at other women and getting online looking at porn. Can I carry on? Or maybe the girls are looking at porn, I don't know. It's all uglifying the image. You see what I'm talking about? What's the image? You got it. What's the time? I had 35 minutes. Okay, I'm ready to bless you if there's any left and want to be blessed. <laughs> I don't know, I'm like, <laughs> that's, you want to be blessed if you got any of this. Come running, man. I, I'm not coming near you, Brian. You'll pick it up on me. No, it don't matter. I'm not going to be doing any discerning today. I want to bless you. I don't care if you're the worst. I don't care if you're running Pornhub. Come up. I don't, <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? So today they're celebrating that same spirit. The people died, but the same devils that promoted the sexual violence, the sexual perversions, are the same ones that are in these ones all around town today. You can't kill a demon until the end times. So they're in people doing it again. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, I, I think that's enough. I don't want to end on that note, though. Just give me something more. Can I just run these scriptures to you and we're finished? I'll pray for you. Can I? Okay, Romans chapter. <laughs> I don't want to finish on that. You're going out, cry me, that, that guy. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. I tell you what, they, between them and religious rage that's happening in the world today with Islam, they're invading Western civilized countries. Who? Islam which is a religion that is evil. They want to kill Christian, Western Christian uh, societies. They've gone through Europe, they've taken it over. Sharia law, uh, ladies, welcome, get a, find a big black tea towel and tie it around your head if they get here, because we don't want to see any part of you except for your little eyeballs. And then don't say a word, you've got nothing to say, nothing to do, and the men will use you for sex, they rape you, and um, they abuse you. Is that a good religion? No, I don't think so. No, it isn't. You only have to look at ours, firstborns. Look at my wife, Hannah Tamaki. Look how she's out there. She's bright, she's happy, she's alive. That's how your wife's supposed to be. Anyway. So that's what's going through the world right now. Killing, murdering. Right? Let's have a... Okay.
Here's, here's what I want you to look at. In Romans chapter, um, just go through this, we'll just go quickly, um, please. Uh, let's go for Romans chapter four, I think it is. What does it say there? I gave you a list, eh? Solidity. Can you put it up? Romans chapter five or six am I starting from? Sorry. Six? We'll start there. In the meantime, we can take Daniel chapter three, verse one, where it says he set up an image, political powers. And verse six says, if you don't worship the image that's been put before you by politicians and the world, then you'll die. Um, but if you have the true image of Christ, let's look at that Romans chapter, that's good. We're buried with him then in baptism of his death. So if you want to get saved, water baptized, that's when you start to cross over into the light. That's when you are now watched by a special angel, your family, and that's where the presence of the Holy Spirit starts working with you, and now you're safe from all the troubles that will come through the news in the world. You won't have to worry about anything, believe me, and you're brought into this big family, right? So what do you, how do you do that? Say yes to Jesus. We might even say today, water baptized me in that pool I saw out there, Apostle, can we do that? Yes, we can do a water baptism with you right today. When you come out of the water, you're a new person. That resurrection, see, if, you, if you've been crucified with Christ, then you'll also be raised with him. So when you come out of the water, it's like a resurrection. And now, you will know you're different. I would have to tell you, you'll feel it. And then, the Holy Spirit is, becomes your counsellor. We won't... I can't do the job that he can do, he's better. So now you've got the counselor, the helper, the Holy Spirit will go out with you. So you can do that today. You'll still get your hungry, it'll be waiting for you. You see that? It's beautiful. Okay, the next one, I think it's in 6.13 or something like that. Okay, likewise you reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God and Jesus our Lord. So now, goes on there, and verse 13 of 11 says, and do not present your members as instruments to the stuff you used to do in your old life, but now you, are, you present yourself as one who has been raised from the dead. So I'm walking like, I've been already raised from the dead, really, through my life inside. So death is not a problem because it's just a phase of passing into the next world. So this stuff is really all that you get. And the next verse says what? Um, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, wow, here we go. That actual same spirit that raised Christ from the dead with his body, remember he came back to life again, so he's only three days, so his body didn't see total corruption, it was resurrected with the power of that spirit. So that same spirit that was in him is in you, that raised up Christ from the dead, this will also quicken or give life or surgery to your mortal body. See, that's pretty cool, that. By his spirit dwelling in you. So in other words, my cells, my DNA, and Titus chapter three, verse five, Solidity, says that I'm already getting regened. And I'm getting renewed. Is that right? Oh, sharks. Regened. Regeneration means recreate, reconstruct. So actually, the cells that would potentially may carry some sickness or diseases 
has got a problem when you start saying, hold on a moment, I've got the resurrection spirit of Christ in me. So whatever that disease that's trying to take me out, I've got a warning for you, you're going to get blown away in my cells. My DNA and my, my, look at my gene now, has started to have the very genes, the divine, the divinity of God, that same spirit that was in the tomb of Jesus Christ 2,000 plus years ago, is the same Holy Spirit that I have in my life that's now reconstructing my brains, reconstructing my body. It says mortal, not so now your mortality can have a sense of immortality. I'm here to live, not die. God will protect you. He will provide for you. He knows what you need. He knows when a, a, a diabetes or cancer is trying to get you. He knows when something is trying to take your life out early. He knows who's going to try and introduce you to alcohol and to drugs. That spirit gives you something now where you have the power to say, hold on a moment. I'm not taking any disease that's from you. I have the promise that I have Christ's resurrection spirit in me. So I'm going to let it loose in my cells, in my liver, my lungs, my heart, my brain. This is what I do every morning in my privacy, by the way. But I'm coming out today. I'm coming out. I want the world to know. Right? So that's it. So how do you... I mean, I'm, I'm full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. I'm full of life because He gives it. I want you to have that today. Father, in the name of Jesus, as you stand, I'm going to pray for the power of the blessing of God on every person that wants it in this room. Have you got a family? Are you represented family? Come forward right now and stand in the aisle. Come up the front. Come right now with your family. Come representing your family that are not here. You come if you want to have the blessing of God. How many people in this room don't know Jesus, but after that, hey, you give me the courtesy of sitting here for 35 minutes. Who wants to know Jesus Christ this morning? Put your hand up right now and say, you know what, Brian? I've got to do, do that. I've got to come back. You ready? Pray with me where you're walking down. Lord Jesus, today I yield my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin and fill my life with your life. I've heard the word today. I want Christ in my life. In the name of Jesus, I'm changing for my sake and my children's sake. Today, I'm now one of yours. And today, Jesus says to you right now, He has heard your prayer. If you pray that prayer, you've just passed from death to life, darkness to light. Amen. Somebody put your hands together for that. It's not, a, it's not an embarrassment to give your life to Christ. Who put, the, who put your hand up if you prayed for the first time or you've recommitted your life? Put your hand up today. That's good. Online. Oh, these look, these heaps of people out there. Just somebody around us in the church, go to those people, put their hands up. And over here, I want to bless you today. I want to bless your family. I want to make sure that you have what you came for today.